When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Could have had that fight, but I'm gonna walk on site. Man, I have to grab that man. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good energy. Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gooners podcast. It's your boy Dan Coogs on hosting duty. Um, this week, Lou Bob, he, he makes his return. Lewis, how you doing? How you doing, guys? Yeah, man, I feel like I haven't been on a podcast for. For a while, man. I've been on I've been on a bit of a hiatus. I'm, I'm coming back new new improved in more in more in more ways than one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I won't reveal anything. I'll let I'll let I'll let you do that. I'll let you do that. Lewis, yeah, whatever that means. Nice and cryptic. And then German Dan, how you doing, man? What's good, man? What's good, man? I ain't been on I ain't been on here in a while as well, I think. Yeah, this is it feels like I'm on with a whole new cast at the moment. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, man. You, you man, you man, uh, almost too good for us these days. Uh, do you know what it was? Ar- do Arsenal, that, man. Arsenal <laughs> killed me, man. Arsenal killed me when when we when we went when we went three games on a row, um, losing. Obviously, I was just like, I can't, I can't do this, man. I need to, I need to divest. Is that a word? Uh, what what's what's the opposite to invest? Yeah, divest. Divest, yeah. I had to divest, man. Some some emotional energy. I just take it all out because I was way too I was way too involved, you know. Head and guess what? One three in a row. I'm I'm back in there again, man. I'm back in there again. I, you just I can't help myself. Just can't lie. Can't, can't this lie, team's yeah. gonna be the death of me. Can I lose? I I could tell you were on the edge a couple of times. <laughs> Yo, a couple Ramsdale criticisms. Yeah, he was ready to swing up, bro. He was ready to <laughs> um, up, I was trying to, I was trying to enjoy my holiday. I'm not, I'm not talking about Ramsdale, you know. But... Yeah, yeah. Lewis, oh, Lewis is ready God. to chef people up over Ramsdale, you know, crazy. Um, but I yeah, don't, man, I don't mind, been... I don't mind objective criticism, but you not take it too far, man. Okay, okay, okay. Why? Well, we'll get, man. we'll get, we'll get into it, man. Yeah, we'll get into it. it. We'll get I'm, into I'm, it, man. Because... I'm hoping to hear lots of praise from you guys today about Ramsdale. Anyway. I haven't really got much to say about him, to be fair. Wow, yeah, of course not. Neither do I. Agenda, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know what to say about him. What, man? He, he almost got sent off, bruv. What do you mean? Oh, he's yeah, a little crazy. He, he wanted yeah, us the game, like... man. Are you? Yeah, whatever. Right, we'll get we'll get into it. Yeah, so you know, it's been it's been a good a good couple of weeks, um, as you said. You know, we had a, a three losses on the bounce, and now we've we've flipped it. Three wins on the bounce, um, two points clear of Spurs with four games left. Um, you know, we see Liverpool play yesterday. Uh, they, you know, routine victory against Villarreal. They've gone through 5-2 on aggregate at Spurs' next game. 
I'm hoping that, you know, seeing Man City lose, it fires them up even more, gives them a bit more extra motivation um, in case City um, do slip up because we've just seen tonight that City are vulnerable. Um, if you do score one goal, you might get a couple. So, you know, hopefully Liverpool do the business. But, you know, let's talk about Arsenal. Um, 2 1 win over West Ham. Um, a bit of a, a different game than what we've been used to this season. Um, Arteta himself called it um, an ugly win. So, um, German Dan, I'll start with you because Lewis, we spoke on the. Um, uh, the post-match spaces. So, German, I'll start with you. What's your general feelings um, after that match? Um, and you know, like, what, 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 what were your sort of main takeaways? I feel energized, man. I feel energized after that game. I think this shit is in our hand now. Um, let's get it over the line. Um, and I think that match, um, even though we we will talk about the performance, I I don't think it was a great performance, you know, but um. At this moment in time, we just need points. We need the three points. Whenever we turn up on a Saturday, on a Sunday, we just need to turn up and get the three points by hook or by crook. You know, that's the that's that's the main thinking for me right now. We've seen what this team is capable of when everyone is fit. Um, we've seen that we can play good football. For the last four games, I don't need it. You know, I just need points. That's what I need because we are we are now we're in the results business, and I think this performance kind of um you know. It kind of showed me that there is a game in this team where they they just they can grind results or they can be very resilient. And I've always said how why are in comparison to United and like Spurs, I always felt like we have a good chance for top fours because I think this team is resilient. And we even had a few players missing, um, and we still you know showcased that resilience um, and grinding out a result, making it difficult for West Ham. I think apart from the goal they scored. And that was even a half chance. To come, really, I mean, he did really well there, Bowen, but I th- probably a half chance, you know, and um, even come off Gabriel. So we made it very difficult for them to create anything, really. Um, everything was just teasing, teasing. There was nothing really clear, I think. And um, we, 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 we managed to grab some from set pieces, which has been, you know, a major weapon for us this season in, in terms of scoring goals, but also, you know, making it difficult to um, for people to score goals against us. Um yeah, zero goals conceded from set pieces uh, against a team like Osama. I know Antonio wasn't playing. I know um, Suchek wasn't playing, or they didn't start. So their set piece was, was probably not as big as it usually is, but we still ma- managed to um, defend set pieces very, well, very, very well. West Ham are still a team that attacked those very, very well. And um, I, yeah, I think that performance was in, in terms of you know footballing wise, you you you're not you're not you're not gonna pick many highlights from that performance. But in terms of um, a showcase what this team is capable of, um, uh, and mentality wise, and and how they play for each other, really, um, I think the quality was lacking, but the effort wasn't. Um, the team was there; they were there to compete, and they. They um we went we didn't go go down but when West Ham equalised we could have collapsed you know we've seen that um this season happen to the teams that we're competing against uh, the likes of um the likes of Spurs the likes of United I, I said Chelsea there we're not really competing with them but we've seen them collapse as well but you know I feel like um one thing I've noticed and especially the second half of the season is so we just there's confidence there's resilience there's genuine belief um that they will see this over the line and I think. Next two games are obviously crucial. I just want Ws, man. And for Stam game, not great performance, but we take the points. You know, that's that's it. That that's my main takeaway from this game. Um, for me, standout performance, 
there's two standout performances, maybe, yeah, maybe three. So the, the one is obviously Eddie. Um, I think that's that's been Eddie's best game yet for us since he's come into this team. Um, maybe even his best game ever for, for Arsenal um, first team, um, where he's actually played in the Premier League game. I think Jenny's Premier League performance has been okay. Nothing, you know, um, special. And then, and, and then the Chelsea game was pretty good. He, he got rewarded for his efforts, but as an overall performance i think he was very very threatening in this game um he did many things very very well um and i think it was um it was just generally a good performance from him some of the some of the layoffs in the first half weren't good for him a few stray passes but in the second half he was he was super effective in transition carrying the ball he was not scared to take zuma on he got past him a couple of times got a shot off realistically he could have got maybe one or two goals um bit unlucky i think fabianski actually makes some good saves um against eddie um, on I think two of the shots. I think he took like six shots in that game. So he was he was absolutely fearless, you know. And and you guys know I'm not a big fan of Eddie. So um, but I am objective. So when I see him do this, I can I just have to call out. So I think he was definitely man of the match for me. And then holding a girl again, one of the guys that none of us really rate, man. But he came in. He was there to grind. You know, he's 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 he's, he's I don't know that Nipsey Hussle song grinding grinding my whole life in Bolton. You know, that boy was ready to work. He was ready to work. He was ready for the trenches. Um, he got the crucial goal, and he got a lot of blocks in that game. You know, we we know he he he, love, he loves a block. Um, so he got a lot of blocks in that game. I mean, passing was not expected much from him, but he was there to perform. And I think, um, this also um kind of includes Anani. These ringers that we've been getting in, they have replacing the the the, the supposed or I say supposed the actual first team players. They have been doing well enough to carry us into a position where we can now finish the job. And um, I'm happy Tomiyasu is back as well. But yeah, that, that was my general thoughts on the game. Yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet. And then yeah, there's a few interesting points that you you mentioned there. Um, I think the first one that I thought would be good to to expand on um, is is I guess this this resilience, right? Because I think you know if I'm thinking back to you know some of our games this season, um, since I think the big games. Um, so against uh, Man City, New Year's Day, um, and Liverpool, um, we've conceded some some late goals. But outside of this, um, I'm not really thinking of many times this season where we've we've had the lead. Um, and I think Everton as well before um, before we went on sort of our uptick uptick in form. But I'm not really thinking of many times this season where we've conceded late. Um, and I really feel that, you know, I feel a lot more confidence when we are defending the lead. And I think even with that Man City game, you know, we were down to 10 men. Um, and we kind of restricted them to very few chances. Um, and then obviously there's all these, you know, these memes going around of Rob Holden when he comes on. He does his 5-3-2. Um, the game is, you know, shut down. It's, 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 it's the game. Uh, just give us the three points at that point. Um, because... You know, we've we've really got this. Um, I think it's a very very robust um, deep block. Um, that and that you know when you know when we are trying to shut down the game, I do feel a lot more confidence. And, and I was sort of half watching the game because I was on the main pod, um, so you know I wasn't re the game didn't really have my full full attention. Um, so I rewatched it, and you know looking at it, West Ham in that second half they had a lot of the ball. Um, I think they had sixty percent possession in that second half, but there really wasn't much threat in the slightest. And even if you think to the first half, I think it was mainly set pieces that we um, restricted them to. And, 
you know, Lewis, I would say, does that give you confidence going into this run in that, you know, if we are able to get the first goal um, in a lot of these games that, you know, we will be strong enough to potentially keep the clean sheets and do enough to, to earn the three points? Um, I don't know, because I, I didn't I didn't have like an air of confidence um, in the in the West Ham game to see it out. I do feel like we still look, even though West Ham didn't do anything and it's, it's not in regards to that game in particular, I'm probably thinking of the previous, the previous five or six games where mm. I feel like we've looked a little bit shaky defensively. Um, I do feel like there's, you know, a goal there that, you know, we could be liable to concede. So if, it, if it's in the last 10 to 15 minutes, I agree with you. I do feel like um, we've, We've got a lot of tactical nous and a lot of um, game management is going on. You know, um, we were doing a lot of things that old Arsenal teams would be screaming at the TV saying, just stand on the ball. Or, Why are you doing this kind of thing? You know, the, the old dirty tricks. And I feel like we're doing a lot more of those, which, you know, contribute to um, to, to obviously getting over the line. Um, but yeah, it's... It, it, it is a good sign when, you know, you've got, well, Tommy Asu came off, Tierney, Tierney wasn't playing, Ben White wasn't there. So it's a good sign when you've got three of your first choice defenders not playing and West Ham bring on Mikel Antonio, who is, you know, their real danger man, uh, bring on Thomas Suchek, who, you know, they've they've gone straight aerial assault, you know, um, straight Call of Duty uh, missile strike. And we really stopped that from happening. Um, we stopped it right at the root, um, which is the, always the best way of, of defending football games is to stop the root threat, you know, not to hang on for dear life. It's to, if a team is, is very strong at something like getting crosses in the box and, uh, uh, and and th- uh, that that kind of tactic, then you you stop it at its root cause, and you you don't have to defend on the edge of your six yard box. So I thought we did that really really well, and um, I I've got no tactical insight as to how we did it, um, but Arteta does seem to have a knack. I think you touched on it to, uh, of seeing these games out. Um, we, we've conceded nine goals in the last fifteen minutes of games this season. Um, I, I, like you said, I don't think too many of them were, you know, game-changing goals. I can think of one, uh, I think Bournemouth didn't, uh, not Bournemouth, sorry, Brent, Brentford scored against us in like the last minute to make it 2-1. Um, I think we've had maybe a few of those. Uh, and then obviously the games that you spoke about where we've where we've conceded late, like uh, City. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it is, it is encouraging to, to see that even with a you know, a bit of a makeshift defence, uh, makeshift team that we're able to grind out results. And essentially, we just limited West Ham to nothing in the end. Other than the Bowen, other than the Bowen goal and the Ramsdale save, they didn't really do anything all game. I thought, I thought, I thought we were well worth the three points, actually. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, um, it's, it's a great time to be hitting form. Um, the guys across or up the street, um, you know, I think that they won their first game uh, in free, um, and they've got Liverpool next, so you know it might be 
hopefully hopefully it's one one win in four uh for them and that's and that's you know this is the business end of the season and as you guys have said it's just about picking up points it's really just about picking up points and you know whether we're dominating teams whether we're um you know grinding out ugly wins as it were um the three points is all that matters so you know i think there was a couple of key performers here that were important to us getting the getting the points i think dan's mentioned one in um in ketia said that, that was his uh man on a match but before we get on to eddie i wanted to talk about the center backs right so um seeing the lineup i was very nervous um about rob holding playing um i know west ham they do have, you know, sort of quite a direct threat. So, you know, his ability in the air um, would always be a strength. But I worried about our ability to build up. Um, but um, him and Gabriel, I think they did okay on the ball. I don't think it was spectacular. Um, I think Gabriel actually had quite a few nice passes um, in this game, especially in that first half um, to sort of help us build play. He broke the lines quite well, I thought. Um, and Holden just does what Holden, Holden does, um, sort of kept the ball moving and didn't really attempt anything too um, crazy. But both of these guys popped up with with goals. Holden got his first Premier League goal um, and then Gabriel um, solidified himself. I think he's a top-scoring uh, centre-back um, in the league this season with four goals, um, which, is, which is a nice little stat. And I think um, three of the four goals have been sort of uh, game changing crucial goals uh crucial goals right or result changing goals so he scored a couple of openers um, and then uh to uh, on 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 the weekend he scored the winner obviously so um this is all um very very good stuff you know you're seeing gabriel with his new hairline you're seeing rob holding with his new hairline and these men are putting their new hairlines to, to good to good use man they're putting them to good use heading the ball in the back of the net he's like cte so. is a good use. yeah my, my ct my cte yeah uh, <laughs> so 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 yeah man we can't complain and so so i, I just want to get you guys thoughts on, on these guys performance because you know was that something that you you were also worried about when when you saw ben white was going to play Against West Ham, I was never, um, I was never uh, going to be worried by Rob Holden because I actually think whenever Rob Holden's come in this season, he's done quite well. Albeit, you know, cameos or, you know, I, I don't think he started too many games in the Premier League. But um, whenever he has been called upon this this season, I think Holden's done really well. So, and and against a team like West Ham, I wasn't particularly worried, um, especially as Antonio wasn't starting. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't really phased by that. I think he's in, he's in the zone, man. Holden's in the zone. Like this is, this is what he lives for. He's, um, he's, he, he likes this style of defending. Um, and as long as you're not overcomplicating things for him too much, um, I think he's a solid Premier League defender really. Um, and you know, like C C Craig Dawson kind of level. You know, we're mm, going too far now, dog. You don't, you don't think he's, you don't think he's that level. He's all right, but don't, don't do too much, please. <laughs> what Craig Dawson? What Craig Dawson? I doing think, what? I think Holden's better than Craig Dawson personally. He probably is better than, but yeah, all these players ain't, you know, keep it for the other players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Holden was hey, actually big, my man in the match. To be honest, I big thought he Bobby was Holden, man. I he thought he was really, head. really good. 
He made he, he made like he two or three really crucial blocks. Yeah, he was um, And and when it comes to that, he's he's a leader, man. Like when it comes to the last fifteen minutes of games, you know, he he knows exactly what to do. Mm. You know, and and there's it's no it's no coincidence that you know we we call on him time and time again for these crunch moments last 15 minutes or so mm. and we just don't concede he's we a, just do a, not concede he's a proper meat and potatoes um center back in it right like no yeah. no frills no frills um and you know as we as you said he he, he gets his head to stuff um he he heads everything away man heads everything away yeah. and he doesn't try to do anything doesn't try to do anything too mad, you know. Um, and that, and his I'm, finish for the goal is top yeah. quality. Yeah, <laughs> That's header. a great header. It's a, you know, he's a goal, you know. He's risen yeah. above. It's very similar yeah. to Rodrigo's goal for Madrid tonight, actually. Mm. I think it's, it's similar to um, one that I think the Gabriel goal against Leicester, where it comes off like off the back of their head almost, you know, mm. and into the into the far corner. And, and to be fair, he's been due. He's been overdue that because he used to piss me off so much that holding all you give me all of this sort of aerial ability in our own box, but when it comes to the opposition box, you don't head anything on target, man. So yeah. you know, I hope that that's a little bit of like a floodgates moment where you know he's got his first one and now he can actually be um, a bit more dangerous from from these set pieces, man. But you know, I think um, Gabriel as well. He's been c- coming under a lot of stick recently from you know various accounts on Twitter. A few people in my other sort of Arsenal WhatsApp chats have been saying that this guy's not, he's not as good as we think, this, that and the other. And, you know, I, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on, on on Gabriel, to be honest. Like, do you think that this criticism is quite harsh? And, like, how highly do you do you rate this guy? It might be harsh, but there's been definitely incidents where in the last couple of games when he's he, he's he's looked higgy. So, mm. and there, there have been crunch games. So... It's like people look at these incidents and like, rah, you know, this is where people make their opinions on players and they kind of tend to forget some of the other games, you know, where maybe a mistake that he made didn't lead to anything or a mistake Ben White made didn't lead to anything. They forget those moments. So sometimes football can be a bit cruel. So I do understand why people have been scrutinising them because I do think in the last three, four weeks, there have been basically... in every other game, there has been something. I think in again in the West Ham game, he was pretty solid. I think, but um, before that, it was like every other game there was something. Um, so I get why people would have that opinion. Um, but if people have that opinion, that means they never really rated him, because if you do rate him, then even in the, in you know a poorer patch, you still think, listen, this guy's good. He's gonna come good. And I think he's already on the on the mend. You know, he's already shown. I'm I'm ready to you know pl- play perform. Um. There's always going to be these kind of things, um, especially when um, I think in the last couple of games we've struggled as a whole. Um, some of the reason is um, definitely Tavares playing left back and not having no def- defensive awareness. And then also on that left-hand side, um, I don't think, you know, the combination of left-hand side doesn't really work. And I've, I've said this for so long, even when Tinny was playing there, I, f- I feel like we're too right-hand side orientated in our build-up. And... Um, so when Gabriel has the ball, I do feel like he's stolen on the ball a lot, and a lot of times this goes back to Ben White. And sometimes I think in recent weeks, especially, he's he's shown more personality and finding balls forward, finding balls through the lines. And um, I think, yeah, I think let's see, let's see how he, how he challenges the next couple of games. But these things always happen, so it depends how you rate these players overall. I think when when I look at his skill set, I'm very convinced by his skill set. 
you know it's just as a, down to his performances to show showcase it um but i'm very convinced by suicide i'm very convinced by performances i've seen him have against big big players so um i think i've seen him what old trafford away we've seen him against spurs we've seen him even against um city like there's been games where you just like yeah this guy's top yeah this guy's quality and um maybe the consistency in some of these games is not a hundred percent there but you know it is what it is um i feel i feel like he's still a big talent at center back um I think the only, I think there's two things that maybe are lacking in this game a little bit. For me, I think um, that level-headedness sometimes goes out the window with him. He can he definitely has a bit of a bozo gene, um, but a lot of the big good defenders have that. Um, and then secondly, I think the passing consistency for me, I need more. I, I mean, he's shown it a bit more in the last couple of games, but he I think he's a better passer than Ben White. Um, um, when he when he really get, when he really turns it in, but um, it needs to come more often. So on the ground and over the top, um, I need to see that more. But I think he has the quality to do it. It's just about like consistency and you know frequency of doing it. Mm. Mm. Do you think having? I think the whole left side thing. Do you think having a new centre mid in there um, helps helps Gabriel? Because I think on that on that left side, you don't really have that same person. Between the lines to hit like that. Um, so on the right, yeah, Udegaard thing, right? Yeah, that's why, that's the... why the right side is so potent because Udegaard yeah. is very nimble, very active in, in, in the half and even the wider space. He'll get the ball. He doesn't, I mean, it's the system. You don't really come centrally, but I just feel like on that left side, it doesn't have it, it's, it's not the same chemistry. And um, ultimately, the, 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 you know, unless ESR plays on the left, um, and I, I don't think we've seen ESR, Tavares, Gabriel and um, Xhaka this half of the season, yeah, have we? What, or was a uh, what was the I mean, game where ESR started? Did, we did against Chelsea, um, yeah. and then that was, yeah, that was the team that started against Chelsea. Against Chelsea, and then the same against against United. But I think ESR was very tired, to be honest. Yeah, against so, United, because I do remember early parts of the season that sort of that left hand side was relatively potent, and I felt like it was better. So you know, let's see, but um. I think at the moment that all these all these things got out the window. I think I saw one comment saying, "Are you uh, are you worried about our um, recent tendency to concede soon after we score?" Bro, we're just trying to get through the games, dog. We're just trying to get through, you know. <laughs> Yo, we in games game five of a seven game series, man. You know, two more wins. <laughs> That's what I need. Baby. Just, just a wins. just a quick point on Gabriel. I think. Um, I've got no doubts over his quality. I just think, I just think with players these days, we people are too quick to jump the gun, man. Both, both, both ways, both ways. It goes both ways. But I think, especially with um, people, don't know how to judge a player's season. Right? There's not a centre back in the Premier in the world. Right? We saw two centre backs today who are supposed to be elite centre-backs, Militao for uh, Real Madrid, Ruben Diaz for Man City. Both Militao had pretty elite. poor games. You, yeah. Sorry? Yeah, I was just going to, you know, I, I I have hate in my heart for Eden Militao. So. Oh, fair. fair. But oh. some, some, some might call him elite. <laughs> I, I personally don't think he's that guy. But, you know... These are play. These are these are centre backs playing at the elite level. Literally, we've seen centre backs week after week after week make make 
mistakes. And I think with Gabriel, he's 24 years old. And that might sound like, oh, he's he's quite old and he should be maturing and stuff like that. But he's a player who's played, he may not have played 100 games at elite level football yet. You know, I'm just mm. trying to think how many games he played at Lille. With us, maybe he's played about 50 to 60, maybe 60 games now at the, at the top, top level. 80, 90. I think you're probably about, he probably hasn't played 100. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's still quite young and age is not one of those things that are, you know, it's, it's not black and white. Oh, at 24, you have this amount of experience. You know, it's, he is a very inexperienced 24 year old. And he's playing, you know, he's playing every game. Um, mistakes are going to happen. That's and that's the that's the nature of his defending style as well. But I do agree, he's had he's had a few shaky weeks um, where both sides of his games, defensively and and on the ball as well, he's he's made quite a few mistakes. But um, I don't think it's anything to be worried worried about. I think he's just coming. He's just maturing as a player, and um, I think he's. He's just going to get better and better. I think he's um, mm-hmm. he's a very, very, very good centre back. You know, um, I don't think there's too many better than him. Better on, on on his day, it's just about making those days more often. I think that's the next that's thing facts. for Gabriel. Yeah. I think you put. I think you've put that well. I I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair play, man. Fair play. And then I then I think you know let's 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 talk about um, Eddie and Ketia, right? Let's talk about Eddie and Ketia because he's. He's the one I think that people are um in and ahhing about the most um a little bit because you know he's he's basically we we were basically we were in the mud um striker wise for the past um sort of three, four months. Um we gave Lacazette the target of five goals. Um he's come back with one penalty um, and it's the penalty. Um and it's a penalty. So, you know, he's not really been cutting it. I think you know, people were essentially just saying that, you know, this guy is the best that we can do. Um, so we have to just support him. Um, and he, he he really, he basically wasn't giving us anything. Um, and I think it basically all came to a head um, in, the, in those three games that we lost. And people really said, and they started to look at this guy and say, you know what, fam, this guy, this guy, this guy's holding us back slightly. Um, caught COVID. Um, and we don't know if, Arteta would have given Eddie his shot without without him catching COVID, but he caught COVID and Inketia has stepped in and for all intents and purposes, he's been doing the business, you know. Um, I think he's given us three very good performances and I think three diff- very different performances in the last three games um, against Chelsea, uh, where he grabbed his two goals um, from, you know, his hard hard work and his, his, his work rate, pressing the defenders and, and, and forcing errors. Um, against Man United, I think he linked play very, very well, um, dropped in between the lines, uh, created a few chances for himself as well, and carried the ball very effectively. And then West Ham, where, you know, we are playing, where we were playing sort of without the ball, um, he was a very, very good outlet um, in this match, you know, stretching the defence, putting the centre-backs under pressure with the ball, carrying the ball and getting his shots off and testing the keeper. Um, probably unlucky to leave that West Ham game without without a goal. So, you know, Dan, I'll start with you because, you know, you you have been very vocal in that you're not a fan of um, Nketiah today. So just how impressed are you um, with, his, with his latest performances? 
I think um I think that Eddie Eddie definitely has listened to um Ian Wright rant on um Arscast. Um he must have absolutely listened. Someone must have forwarded him the link like you're my guy, you need to listen to this. And uh because yeah, yeah, whatever if you haven't listened to it, um I know we don't do plugs like that, but you should listen to it, you know, right, he was rising in it. So I'm sure you listened to that and it activated something in him. Um but I think and as a general point, I'm I'm not a big fan of Eddie. I've never have been. Um what I like in a striker is not necessarily what he what what his game is about. Um so there's certain fundamentals that I don't think he, he has. But I always maintain that I think he's a very good player for a Premier League club, not necessarily Arsenal. So I kind of still maintain that stance, you know. Um, I've, I've built that stance based on, you know, X amount of games I've watched him play at Arsenal. Um, but I do also see that from what I've seen just in the last three games, he does look more ready than before. He's never looked as ready as this because we've seen him have a chance. I think... Well, I think uh, um, I tell you, essentially um, hooked Lacazette before, right? And gave Eddie like his running the side for like six when he, games. When he came back from London, yeah. yeah, and he just he just didn't convince me. Um, I think I think he, he scored one goal of of pressing as well in in them games. He, he was he always has that trait in him that the, the, his press is very very effective. He's he's really like harassing centre backs and and um, goalkeepers, but just didn't really convince me. And that's how um, you know built my opinion on him. But I'm open to change it. Um, but I don't think I still don't think that he's necessarily the striker that we want um for the next season. Like, I mean, what he's given us right now is invaluable because we were in the gutter. What Lacazette was doing was I, I don't understand how he was getting away with it. Yeah. We've seen players at this football club who are far, 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 far better than Lacazette, receive far, far, far more abuse than Lacazette. And um, I just don't understand how he was getting away with it so long. One. And then two, it looked like a farewell tour for him at some point. People were talking about, oh, be ashamed to see Laka go, should get a one-year contract extension. All these kind of things were the sentiment for Lacazette. I just don't understand how the fan sentiment of him was so positive in comparison to the likes of Aubameyang, in comparison to the likes of Uzo, in comparison to the likes of Eid Malexis. Ram- I mean, Ramsey probably not, but like those three, it's like these guys were far, far better than them, but... I don't understand how, you know, the sentiment film was so good. And in a way, I really, really thank Eddie for coming in and doing this and mashing work and exposing Lacazette for the fraud that he is, that his time at Arsenal is not ending, you know, rosy. He's, 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 got, he's going out here with a JD bag, mm. you know. So, yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do. And I'm, just before you go in, I know that in the, in the group and like you, you guys have been fans of Eddie. I've just not been a fan of him. I, I do think, and even I said it on the group today, he is a good Premier League uh, level striker. And some of the strikers we link with, he's definitely better than them. I'm looking at Usher, man. I think Eddie's better than them. That Nunes guy, I haven't watched him too much. I wouldn't be surprised. I think Eddie's probably better than them. You know, so these men, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put money on these men. If we, if it is someone that we are getting, it has to be certified quality. Otherwise, what's mm. the point, right? You know, mm. so that Dan would rate him if he was near was Eddie and Ketsia. You're done. <laughs> 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 
Hey, you probably, you probably, you probably, you probably rate him with the same name, but if you had a German passport, you know them, right? They're a and that, yeah, like hundred percent. Hey, listen, Eddie Adonko, I might buy stocks on the right. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing, right? Because you know, um, in in the WhatsApp, right? I think it's it's generally. It just it just speaks back to how we actually rate these youth guys, right? Because obviously on the account, I've been using the TG account to run Eddie Eddie propaganda for the past couple of weeks, yeah. Um, and I think it just comes back to how we we rate some of these academy guys. So you know, we, we threw the stats out, which was before um the United game after the Chelsea game. Um, and he's played three thousand nine hundred minutes of senior football. Um, I think if you look at William Saliba this season, he's played um, over 4K. I think he's on like 4,500 minutes this season, which is, you know, amazing for a 21-year-old. But just to put it into some context, Eddie's played that less minutes over a five-year period. Um, and I think it's 35 starts or 37 starts um, in in that time. Um, and he scored 25 goals from those 30, 37 starts, right? So, and that's all senior men's football. So it's not all Premier League. It's not all, um, you know, um, it's not all going to be, you know, top, top level opposition, but that's in men's football. And, you know, if that's the, if that's a record of, I guess, you know, someone that is called Eddie in Kedzia, yeah, um, and he is playing in, you know, the French League or something like that. And you said in 3,900 minutes, he scored 25 goals across all comps. Um, and that's, you know, 14 league starts, seven goals uh, in the Premier League. Um, you're looking at, you know, 11 cup appearances and he scored 10 goals in the League Cup um, and, and, and and those kind of stats. And I think, you know, he's averaging a goal every 159 minutes um, before these last two, two matches. And I think if that was a new sign-in that cost 35 million, would people be so willing to to be let to to letting him go? You know, you see the way that people talk about Nicolas Pepe even to this day. You know that Pepe hasn't got um, hasn't gotten a fair crack at the whip, even though this guy was basically the main starter, started the whole second half of last season, um, uh, played played so many games in his three years here, played a lot more minutes than Eddie has, um, and we've sort of seen his level extensively. You know, in in the three years that he's been here, um, or you know, the amount of time that Willian got to play um, for, for for Arsenal without putting up any numbers whatsoever, um, generally being a big disgrace. And he started what something like you know, fifteen of our our first seventeen games of the season um, last year, whilst we were losing every single week. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like the way that we judge some of these academy players is just not quite fair. It's not fair, and you know. The, the jump from, I think, senior ball, um, from academy ball to senior ball is bigger than the jump from any of these leagues to the Premier League, as far as I'm concerned. Like playing against some of these boys, playing against, you know, guys who are the same age as you, guys who are probably younger than you as well, when you are, you know, sort of 21, playing in the under-23s, playing against a lot of 18-year-olds, playing against a lot of 19-year-olds. Um, and you make that jump 
to, to senior football. I think you need a lot more time than what we necessarily afford some of these youngsters. And I get it because, you know, Arsenal is a big club. Arsenal does have... Advocate. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Arsenal is a big club and Arsenal does have standards. So maybe, you know, this is not the, this is not the club where you... you um, where you go and you can find your legs because there's pressure to get results, etc. But then I just say, you know, you look at how Chelsea do their thing with their their low knees. Broha, he's now he's now on his third loan, um, age twenty. You know, Tammy Abraham by the time he was twenty two, he'd already been on three or four loans. Um, scored, uh, I think, a hundred goals in in the lower divisions. Um, well, not hundred goals, had a hundred apps, sorry, in the lower divisions before he's even given his chance. At Chelsea, age twenty-two slash twenty-three, um, Eddie twenty-two slash twenty-three, he's 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 had six months on loan in the last five years, you know. Um, and I think that that's a major major problem in how we are, you know, evaluating some of these these youth players um, because we're not giving them the platform and the minutes to really develop or or showcase their their skill set. Absolutely, I, I definitely agree with that, and I've I've always agreed with that that um, the way we. Um... One transitioning um, and nurturing some of the talents that are not the very very best when they come through um, is questionable because there's still money to be um, you know made from these talents essentially. If they don't make at Arsenal, um, they they should be going for the 15, 20 million. We shouldn't be getting scrubs or people shouldn't be going out on the free, and they should have the chance to develop and have you know enough minutes elsewhere to to do that. So I think. I think this is something that I've actively looked at, obviously, at Arsenal, and internally have trying to, like, you know, put parameters into place for people to go unknown and do it better. I think with Saliba, they messed it up, but um, with Balogun, um, and with Balogun, they messed it up as well, but then with Balogun, they've set him out unknown. Um, he's been playing as well. Um, I haven't really, you know, checked up too much, but from what, from what I'm hearing, he has been playing. And then Norton Coffey, he's been he's been out unknown, sent out unknown very, very early. He's been playing. They're doing the same with Amari Hutchinson from what I'm hearing that he's going to be going unknown to Reading, right? So, um, Patino, um, they don't want him to go unknown, but he might go unknown. I just feel like they're starting to do it. And, I mean, Reese Nelson's unknown right now, but they're starting to do it. It might be a bit too late for some of these talents. I think maybe the, the likes of Reese Nelson, maybe the likes of Nketiah, that cycle has faded away where a decision has to be made now. There's not even the chance of, oh, he's, he's had three years at unknown. He's been great. Let's let's give him a chance now. Let's give him a proper run in the first team. He's not really been given a fair crack, you could say, but this is Arsenal and you always have to, you know, take that into consideration that we can't just hinge our bet on, on a young striker unless he's an absolute, you know, is a phenom, basically. So it, it, it is it is unfair, but um that's the way it kind of goes. And I mean, you know, I think he's he's gonna still gonna get um he's gonna have a good career in the Premier League either way, you know. He's gonna if he doesn't stay Arsenal, he's gonna get a good club that's gonna come in for him. He had Crystal Palace knocking last summer. He had West Ham knocking um, in Jan, I believe. So I'm, um, I mean, it's not even gonna be lower end, you know, Premier League clubs. It's gonna be where I think he should be, like a, a mid mid table um club. Um, so I'm I'm sure he's gonna find um you know a solution. But I do think that judging these youth players is difficult because you what you this is like the I think that when you watch the Reese Nelson Saka thing, how it panned out. Most people thought Nelson was way better than Saka, and it's, it's the other way around now, you know. So mm. I think judging these players on their youth clips is very, very difficult. Even even Balogun, people thought in, he'd come in and crash it straight away, and I was, I think, me and you agreed on this, Cooks. He needs to go unknown. There's no way we mm. can, you know, 
just give it to him to go or as a second or even third option. He doesn't get enough minutes as a third option. So the loans are crucial and we need to, you know, um, get these guys, you know, get their confidence build up. I think they come back as different men when, when they've been mm. out and on and that loan has been successful. Mm. And I think, I think the key point as well is that we can get fees for them. Even if they're not levels, we can get fees. Um, you know, because I look at it now, I think Nelson's on loan, Maitland-Niles is on loan. Um, there's Norton Cuffey. I think there's a few others like Daniel Ballard and Mark McGuinness and all these guys as well. You got um, you got 10 million for that Gillick guy, ain't I? Yeah, Bielik. Bielik, we sent him on loan to Derby for a year. Got a quick 10 mil, you know. Um, oh, I don't know and, what even happened to that guy, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's been I think he's been injured. You know, I think he's oh, had okay. serious injuries the whole time, so he's not really been playing. But you know, that's 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 some easy money, quick easy money. Um, you you do a, a, a bit more of that business last summer. You can maybe go out and, and buy someone a bit better than Lusungu um, to be your backup uh, backup CM. You know, um, it's 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 light, it's light, and it's it's just simple. It's simple economics, really, that, you know, for the first team and for the bank balance, these guys need to be playing football um, and need to be playing men's football as well. And I think the blueprint has been there for a number of years um, by Chelsea and, and some of these other clubs that have stronger um, loan uh, factories, almost, you could call it that, um, that, that you know, we're, we're, we're almost missing a trick because Hayland is one of the better academies in the country. Um, yes, you know, it produces a lot of talent. Um, even if they, you know, don't end up making it at Arsenal, you see a lot of Arsenal Academy players that are playing in the Premier League right now, playing in the Championship, playing in League One. Um, oh. You know, you see Josh De Silva come on the other day. I, I, I don't even know if we got a fee for Josh De Silva when he mm -hmm. left. You know, um, oh. I don't think we, I don't think we did, and he's now playing in the Premier League. You know, and I think letting these guys go for free, I think the thing that really stings about Eddie is that even if he bangs, we cannot benefit in any way because we can't put a buy on a, a, yeah. a, a buyback clause. We can't put a sell-on clause on that because he's leaving for free. And I think it's just um, it's just a big, big error. But Lewis, um, anything you want to add on, on Eddie before we, we move on? Yeah, I think, um, I think the club has let Eddie down, if I'm being honest. I don't think he's got a real um, fair crack of the whip. Um, with uh you know with opportunities at arsenal which is which is a shame and you know like you said he's he's had 4000 minutes of football in 5 years which is what he should be getting in one season really and i don't think anyone could should bemoan him or um for wanting to choose a future away from arsenal because um he's probably looking at the the situation and thinking well, you know what, I've given you the last two years of my career, which really I should have been spent playing football. You know, I came back from a loan at Leeds when you needed me. I didn't go out on loan because you needed me. This season, you know, probably would have been promised to play a bit more football. Hasn't, didn't really materialise in a fashion that, you know, he would have, he would have hoped. And, um, yeah, I just think he's been let down. But... I've always been a big fan of Eddie, actually. And I think it's interesting to see that um, I wasn't always convinced that he uh, was was good enough for Arsenal. Um, 
I think I've I think I've been on record saying I don't think he is good enough for Arsenal, but I've always been a fan of him to say that he could be a Premier League striker. I think he's got the goals in him. Like, you know, I know people might scoff at it and say, oh, he's only England under 20. He's got like 16 goals in 17 games for England under 21s. You know, his record of of goal scoring at every level is is really, really good. Um even like you said, at senior football, his goals to starts ratio is, is really, really good for someone so young. Um, so I'm convinced there's a shooter in there. And what's interesting to me, though, is that I, f- I, I, I see a real development to his game. You know, there's so many things that last year or even the year before, I wouldn't, I, I would have said, no, Eddie's more of a scrappy player. But now he actually looks really technically secure. You know, I'm seeing him pull, I'm seeing him, you know, long balls being smashed up to him against Kurt Zuma. And he's just bringing it down, you know, bringing it down, safe, safe control, laying it off. And it's and it's things like that. I don't think he would have been able to do that a few years ago. He's, he's winning physical battles against Kurt Zuma. Kurt Zuma is a monster, an absolute Wait, ha- monster. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? That monster was too loud, man. <laughs> He is a monster, man. He said, he said there's racial connotations behind your He's an absolute monster. And um, I think um, he's just showing a lot of development to his game. And um, I think I think it'd be harsh to judge him on his time so far, because I really do not feel he's he's had the correct amount of opportunities for us to judge him fairly. And um, if it came to a decision for the club, I would be I would be keeping Eddie at the club. I think he's got a lot to give. I think we sign him to a new contract. You, you know, you, you you tick all the boxes from from the club's perspective in terms of um, get, getting a transfer fee for him, all of those things. Um, if you were to sell him, you know, if you were to evaluate next year and be like, yeah, you know what, um, Eddie, we don't think you're it. It's time. It's time to go. From but from the player's perspective, I would be on my way out. Uh, uh, unless Arsenal could really offer me something significant, and uh, and even then, would you trust it? Because you trusted them before, and they've let you down. So, um, yeah, I, 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 as a, I, as, I, as the club, and I, as, as a fan, would be keeping Eddie at the club because I think he's a player who has a lot to give us uh, financially and um, and on the pitch as well. And also, uh, he's he's a homegrown guy, man. I, I like keeping these players around, man. I, I like seeing like his fight on the pitch, and you know, it's 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 nice having these players playing put put on an Arsenal shirt, you know. Yeah, I think I think he's he's got a good. Um, <clears throat> I think he's got a good personality as well. Um, I, 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 off the pitch, I like I, I, I like I think he's got a good character. Um, um, and I, I generally just I like I like the kid, and I've always liked the kid, you know. Um, even from the the Arsenal under twenty ones um, to when he's when he made his debut on a on a Wenger, man. So, so yeah, I hope he does well, um, and I'll, I'll wish him luck wherever he ends up, um, even if that's not at um, Arsenal Football Club. But um, yeah, let's look ahead to let's look ahead to Leeds a little bit because um, we had a couple of players go down. Um, and got subbed off um, with some potential injuries. I think Arteta said that both Tomiyasu and Saka will be okay, so he didn't seem too 
didn't seem too worried um, about about their injuries. But um, what would you guys do for this Leeds match then? Because um, we have had a question um, and had a little bit of discussion in our mentions um, around this um, from Femstar82. And he said, surely Pepe can give us a good game at home against Leeds, against Leeds and save Saka for Spurs. Um, is no, that something uh, that you guys would consider? consider every doing? game is too important. To, to, to We need to win every single game. And not to say Pepe can't contribute, but he he hasn't been playing. <laughs> he hasn't been playing. I don't understand why you would now bring him in. You haven't trusted him in the games previously. So why, you know, I know he, I know he had a good key involvement against Wolves, but we haven't seen him since. You know, maybe he came on once or twice, but he hasn't started any games. Um, I I wouldn't. I think we need to play Saka. We need to win this game. I'm not for all this experimenting and hoping Pepe. We, we've seen a lot of Pepe. You know, we've seen well over 50 games of Pepe starting and not doing much in a lot of them. We can't afford that to be another game. Because if he has if he has a game like we become accustomed to and we don't win that Leeds game, well, I mean, all of a sudden, top four is very isn't very likely. So I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be pinning the te- you know, pinning our hopes of uh reaching the Champions League on Pepe, especially him as a player who I don't know what you guys think, but most likely isn't even gonna be here next season. No. Sorry. Um yeah. Saka has to play. Um, the the only one I would I, I would contemplate resting would be Tomiyasu because I really want him there for the Spurs game. And I think, although I don't like Cedric, um, I really don't like Cedric. Uh, I think he's shown that he can be a capable. I, I don't. I think capable might even be a bit too complimentary, but. Um, He's shown himself to be, you know, steady, steady, steady Cedric. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, I would. And, and and also, I just think Tommy Asu for that Spurs game is just super, 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 super important. Um, we need him in that team to be a lockdown defender. And I, if he got we don't need him to be a lockdown defender against Leeds. I don't think um, I don't know who leads his left winger. Is it Jack Harrison? Maybe uh, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, I don't think we need a proper, proper lockdown defender against Leeds. We can get away with it with Cedric. So that's the only one I would think about rotating personally. Mm. On, on the on the Pepe stuff, um, I think 10, day, 10 games ago, if you wanted to like try some stuff when, you know, when things were going okay and you're thinking, okay, maybe I swap. Because at the time, for example, there, there were talks of ESR, maybe try him at Fools 9. I would have tried it for what, one game or one half or something like that. But not now. We're in crunch time. We're what four games left. We need to every every single game has to be the strongest possible eleven. There's no room for play right now. There's no room for play, and I I don't my memory escapes me right now. What was that last game that Pepe got subbed on? I I remember it was it was a horror horror show in terms of touches and what he was doing. And it was giving the ball away and it was the same game as Eddie came on as well. I do think them games are difficult though. Those games they are, are difficult but where you relinquish possession they and are, to be fair, you, yeah. you're not they playing are. that often. They are to be fair. I, I do agree with that. I just feel like if I'm not seeing much there, you know, there's no need. 
it's not like we we don't have someone at right wing. We have someone at right wing. We have the best young winger in this league at right wing. I mean, Poland's not really winger, so you know. But um, you know, so <laughs> that's what we have him. So if he's if he's fit to play, if he can play, he you know play him. I mean, he didn't have mm. the best game against West Ham. Still left with an assist and still created some dangerous moments again. Mm. You know, so I mean, I just I, there's not he's he's I think he's our best player really. Um, you know. Um, I think it's between him and Odegaard, really. Um, I mean, Partey doesn't doesn't play enough. It's between them two this season who have been our best players. Mm. Yeah, I hear that, man. And I agree with you both because I just think, look, if the best thing you can do is win these games early and get people off and rest them that way. Um, and I think that's the mentality that we have to to have, really, is, look, we're playing Leeds at home. Let's lock this up in, in the first half. Get 2-0 up. And then, you know, Saka needs to come off. We can rest him. Let's take him off early, ice him, wrap him in cotton wool, and then he, he he's ready to go again for Spurs. You know, and I, and I do like the fact that Saka has been coming off um, in a lot of these games rather than him playing the full 90. Because I think those are the those are the times when you get, you pick up these muscle injuries is in those last uh, sort of 15, 20 minutes of the game when you're already tired and then you have to go and do another sprint. You know, and then you have to go and do um, another lunge for a tackle, or you know, you're you're going to um, arrive slightly late to to a 50-50. Um, and so, uh, I, I definitely think that Saka has to play. Um, I hear it, and I, and I do sort of worry um, about how many you know knocks he gets. But I think that's just the kind of guy that he is. He likes to stay down um, after a challenge, and he, he does you know like to call for treatment, this and the other. But he always ends up being fine, you know. Um, He's got a black man's blood. Um, he's got them them Nigerian uh, genes, you know, so he's robust, man. And I feel like, you know, whilst he's fit, whilst he's available to play, he has to play. And I think on the Tomiyasu front, I can't stand Cedric, man. I can't stand Cedric. I think he, um, I think he's actually just as big a liability as um, Nuno Tavares. Um, but I think um, people don't have the same preconceptions about Cedric that they do with Nuno. So he, he actually gets away with um, being a, a, as, big, as big a liability as he is. I think one-on-one, one one-on-one, one, he, he's a mess. Um, you know, he lets anyone pam him. Um, and in possession, um, pause, and in possession, um, he, he he does, he does what he, he, I think he's pretty poor in possession, to be honest. He's supposed to be um, quite a technical player, but I think he puts... Um, the, the the rest of the players under some serious pressure with some of the pass selection that he has um, the same way that Nuno um, the same way that Nuno does as well so you know I, I definitely do not want to see um, Cedric at all I don't really want to see him for the rest of the season um, so if if Tomiyasu is fit and available we've had a week between these two games um, he needs to play for me um, and yeah. you know, if, he if he can't play 90 then you know, take him off early after the game's won. I mean, he should be able to play, man, shouldn't he? Like, mm. I mean, if... if uh, There needs to be a serious investigation into... Sorry? Yeah, that's good game. That's good rest between the games now. Yeah, that's play. what I'm saying. It's a week mm. between games, so like, he should be able to play. And if he isn't ready to play, then maybe he Boy. shouldn't be playing at all because, you know, it's the fitness just isn't, you know, adding up to me. But... um. Mm. Just a, just a quick point on Tavares, though. I just wanted to come from 
you know, an angle that I don't feel like anyone has touched on yet um, in all like the podcasts I've listened to and whatnot. Um, I actually just want to give the Giza some praise actually for his second half performance because um, I've been saying that Tavares is like, he scares the shit out of me. I can't lie to you. He scares the shit out of me. And um, he's definitely a liability and he's a bozo moment waiting to happen. And I felt like this game was kind of different to the previous games that we've seen him that he um, he makes mistakes early on and really doesn't recover from it and his confidence goes. I thought this game, he, he really grew into it. And second half, I, f- I really felt like he showed um, a disciplined nature to his game and, an, and a maturity to his game. He carried the ball forward as well to get us out of trouble quite a few times. He um, won, won quite a few headers in the second half as well, which I don't think people really noticed. Um, so I think someone told me that he he, he won like the most aerial duels on, on the pitch, actually. So um, I don't know how true that is. Might have to... I, don't, I don't think that's true. I checked. But he won. He won. He won his aerial jewels, though. He didn't. He didn't right. lose any. Okay. Um, so so they he, were he made the most. Me. He made the most ball recoveries in the match. Right. Okay. Fair enough, then. But yeah. Um, I thought. Yeah. I felt. I felt like he had a really good second half, and I think that's something he can build on because I'm still not fully. Ever, I feel like people have made their minds up on Tavares. He's either nope. He's not it. Or. Well, I actually haven't seen anyone else say anything to the contrary, but I'm not sold on whether he's shit or good yet. Um, because I've seen some games where he's where I've where I've really liked what I've seen, and um, I think the elements to his game that need work are things that are coachable, um, and that can be worked on with like serious work, uh, serious uh, work on the training ground, but um. Yeah, I'm not going to put my hat on it yet. I just don't want to write him off too quickly because I think he's got a lot. He's got the raw physical attributes. I've seen him do some really good things. You know, ball carrying, striking. I've seen him do good things, um, but I've also seen him do some really, 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 really shit things as well. So he's he's a bit of a hard one to judge because, especially when he's going through a bad a bad run of form, he looks awful, and it's very easy then to forget. Um, you know, it's very easy to um, just to forget everything that he's shown previously that we, you know, that we were encouraged by. Um, and I think we were encouraged a lot by Nuno in his first, what, five or six games for us. People were saying, yeah, get, get Tierney out of the team, man. Get Tierney out of the team. You know, and that, that wasn't because Tierney was playing shit. It was because Tavares was showing a different element to his game and showing uh, that... You know that left back can be that left back role can be played in a, in a particular way um, that some people liked. So um, yeah, I, I'm not ready to write Tavares off yet. <clears throat> I, I was one of these people thing. that said get Tini out of the team, and I, and I still stand by it. Um, not for t- you, not for Tavares though. N- probably not for Tavares right now, but so you don't stand yeah. by it then? No, no, I do still stand by it because Tini. I don't. So I you don't would rather Tavares start than Tini? So we'll start. You'd rather Tavares start than Tierney? No, not right now. Right. There you go. You, you, you don't stand by it. Well, you don't stand t- by it. <laughs> no, no, Gatini at the team is, is, a, is a thing that I, I'm... I mean, people are not popular um, talking about that, but I feel like I've seen enough this season. Fitness-wise, that concerns me. The f- fitness concerns are crazy, to be honest. Yeah, and then yeah. there, there are parts of his game that I don't, I don't envision um, developing, you know? 
being able to play on the inside, being able to perceive on the inside, being able to carry um, the way other fullbacks can carry. There's many parts of his offensive game, I think, are just very, very focused on the outside, shift and cross, shift and maybe shoot. And he can be very effective at that. So I wouldn't say sell him, but I would say get someone in that has these parts of the game that he doesn't have and that can actually play 30 games a season because we cannot rely on this guy. Um, so I, I still stand by that. We cannot rely on Tierney. Um, Tavares, I think your sentiments are very good. Uh, I agree with a lot you said. Um, I, I was definitely, and I'm still, I'm still thinking he's he's a he's a player that can develop well. For me right now, the problem is that at Arsenal, I don't I don't have time. So if I don't have time for Eddie, how can I have time for Tavares? Um, what I've shown, what I've seen from him, um, earlier in the season, encouraged me a lot because his performances were good, and we saw, you know, a lot of good things to his attacking game. And um, he showed facets that we we didn't see from any of any of our fullbacks really this season. But Ultimately, the Bozo stuff, you know, is going too far the other way. Um, let's, I, I'm going to see how he, you know, performs in the last games of the season. But really, for me, it's crunch time as well. If, if, if he has to get moved on or, or send out on loan, then so be it. Because ultimately, I need, this, I need this club to be good. I don't have time doing all this development stuff. Um, we don't have it, I don't think so. We need to be ready. And I think a lot of the younger players that we have are ready. Udegaard's 23, he's ready. Saka 20, was it 20, 21? Ready. He's about yeah. 20, 21, ready. I think Martinelli, 20, 21, ready. Like, I think these guys are ready to perform and we need to build the best support system around them. And if that means Tavares or KT need to be replaced by someone else, then it has to be like that. Mm. Yeah, I hear that, man. I hear that. And I think, um, I think you know, the, the first thing that Lewis said was that, you know, Tavares scares the shit out of him, right? And I think that's, that's the lens that which you know, a lot of Arsenal fans are viewing him with at the moment. So, yeah, you know, I, every... I agree with your conceptions that you said um, around yeah. Cedric. You know, people don't view him in the same light when he does this. He does similar actions. So they, you know... they both scare the shit out of me, man. Yeah. They, they're mm. both very scary <laughs> players yeah. because yeah, you know yeah, what they're capable of. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I just think that you know we need to we need to cut him a little bit more slack personally because you know we in this West Ham game. There was, a, there was a lot of sloppiness and it wasn't just Tavares, you know. I think Xhaka um, was put under pressure from a couple of Tavares passes, so I'm not going to give him the blight. But there was other times where he he, he, he put himself into 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 um, dangerous positions and lost the ball. Um, Erdegaard had a, more than a few sloppy touches. Um, yeah. Gabriel had Erdogan some... very poor. Yeah, had some sloppy touches. But, you know, they don't come under the same amount of scrutiny necessarily as what someone like Nuno did and you know as you said Lewis in the second half he was much more sure of um defensively he was very solid one one is aerial duel I think it was one of them um and he, and he swept up and drove us up the pitch a couple of times as well so I think you know we need to just you know keep the the criticism fair keep mm -hmm. it balanced um do, and when yeah go on do you know this season yeah is the most amount of games Tavares has ever played in a season. Right? We're, we're talking about he's 22. Yeah. He's he, he's so raw. He he mm. hasn't played football. Like senior football, he hasn't played it. He he's he's made, you know, what 30 or 40 appearances for Benfica. How many of them were were starts? He weren't starting for Benfica like that. You know, he's He's been chucked into the Premier League, which is an ex it's the toughest league in the world. And um, 
yeah, I just want to give him a bit more time, man. I really do because I think I think there's a player in there. Um, I do think so as well. But what 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 are we gonna do? Can we rely on this player? You know, maybe they have to think about. I think if he gives us a lot towards the end of the season, you can maybe say stay with the the team for next season. If not, I'm inclined to say send this guy out on loan because he needs to play. And we need, you know, our footballing objectives don't objectives don't necessarily align maybe with his development next season. Mm. Do you spend eight million pound on a player to then send him out and loan the next year? You, you build it's asset, asset development. Um, I think he's a, he's a Portuguese under twenty one international as well. If he goes out somewhere unknown to a team that plays in the Europa League and they have a good campaign and he plays, his, his value is going to increase. He might come back with more confidence. He might be, come back with his game more defined, more refined, and then he could give us something. You know, um, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not against that at all. Mm. Yeah, fair play. It's, it's, it's one to watch, definitely, definitely. So um, there's a couple more listeners' questions um, that I'll run through now um, before we wrap up. So Yonko um, Abs, um, he's asked, would you keep Alneni as a fourth or fifth choice? No. Why is people's obsession with this stuff, man? Listen, Elneny. <laughs> he has done well. Okay? He's done well. I'm betting the Sungu. He's, yeah, and he has. Sorry. And you know what? He stabilized our season again. But you do not offer players contracts b- because of what they do in three or four games. Like, he is not the level we aspire to be. We can do so much better as a fourth choice midfielder. Yeah, it's, we need, to, come on, man. Like, stop. Stop doing this, people, please, because you're actually stressing me out. It's El-Nani, really stressful. I think Elneny's the only guy that's played for us in the Champions League, you know? Elneny and Jacka. And, and, and scored in the Champions League as well. Remember that bag yeah, at Barcelona? Marvin scored at Newcamp. Yeah. Listen, don't get me wrong. Elneny, he's not a bad player. He's that. He's your standard five out of ten guy. He's never going to do anything I shit. I, I think he's a he's, bad player, man. I don't think he's a bad player. No, I don't I, think he's bad. He's not. He, what is it? What is he? What is he bad though. at? What is he bad at? He's not bad at anything. I think when you're he's not just, good at, and I think when you're not good at stuff, that makes you bad. Maybe, but he, but he's good. But he's good at playing this role, though. He's mm. like, he tactically he's good. Physically he's 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 reasonable. He's disciplined, you know, man. He's disciplined, it's actually, and it's actually and so amazing. Technically, he's he's secure. He's not he's excellent he's yeah, technically, he's but he don't give the ball away. Mm. You know, he's he's not a liability in possession. I, I I think he's I think he would be playing for quite a lot of Premier League teams. Actually, he's I, I think he, he's yeah. he's not you know, that you know what, bad. Do you know what's interesting is I can actually see him getting a new contract. Well, yes, I can same. see it because um, they're looking at him as the with the sixth man or whatever. Yeah, because with with champ with Champions, say say for instance we qualify for Champions League, etc. Um, I don't think they're gonna actually sign two centre mids. Um, I think Xhaka stays. Um, I think Lokonga stays. Partey stays. Obviously, I think the four CM that we have now probably all and stay, and then we'll add one more um, and probably bring Patino through as well. Right, that's um, like seven centre mids, man. Then what? What? what, what six. That's six CMs. Right, so um I think no, I think we only seven. signed no 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 so the four that we have right now so Partey, yeah. Xhaka, El Neni, Lokonga, 
right, yeah. Patino, then then one more sign. So okay. um, that's what that's what I see them doing next season. And I think numbers wise, um, you know, if you're thinking about I guess the four three three, um I, I can I can definitely see us us having a six seat six players that can play um but in then those, you'd need to include like Erdegaard as a centre midfielder there as well, then because if you're maybe if he is part of the four three three, isn't he? You know, maybe got, maybe there's so. a lot of options there, man. If you maybe if you are doing that. Well, I could definitely, I yeah, I could definitely isn't see his contract up? His, his contract's up, right? His contract is up. up. His contract is up, yeah. So mm. nah, let, yeah. let I'm 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 I hate that question so much, man. Let him go, man. <laughs> let him go play football, Jesus. Yeah, last well, oh, he don't want to, he lives in London, man. He's Gucci. <laughs> yeah, he's proper Gucci, man. He's go, go, sign for, go sign for Palace or something. Then. And I think this is probably the most he's ever going to earn in his in his career to go on his 60k or something like that. So, boy. Um, last question from Elliot online. Um, and he's asked, given the heat we've seen in the recent Champions League games, even if we make it, can we really be competitive? I, th- I think so. I think that if you look at the Champions League groups... I think um we've got to get there first. Yeah, of course, of course. But I think you can you can definitely compete. Um I mean I think we can definitely compete. We you know, we've beaten some teams that have been in the Champions League this year. So yeah, I think yeah. we could compete. <clears throat> who did um <coughs> who finished fourth last season? Liverpool, wasn't it? Who did they have uh, no, to Chelsea, face in Chelsea who did they finish. face in the qualifiers? You go straight into the group from fourth. What? From fourth, yeah. Oh, so we wouldn't have to qualify? No, no, no. Since when? Like three, four years. Well, to be fair, we we haven't been in, we haven't been in Champions League yeah, for so we, long. We, so. we ain't yeah. made fourth in a while, brother. So yeah, but but I think even before I think even before we were in Champions League, uh, when we were still in Champions League, fourth didn't have to do qualification. You know, when, when when does the bigger former come in place? Is it next year or the year after? I think the year after. I think from 23-24. Okay, so so we're already directly in the group then. So yeah. I mean, you look at the groups that the English teams got um, this year, right? So Man City were in with what PSG, Leipzig, Club Bruges. I mean, that would be a tough group for us, wouldn't it? Um, but what would we be seeded as? Would we we'd be seeded? I quite think low, we'd be in top three. You know, I think we'd be in top three. Yeah. So we'd get a tough group. When you so who would have been the top two seeds there? Man City and PSG. We wouldn't have been able to get Man City. Um, I think I think I think we could definitely be competitive, man. I think we could definitely be competitive. I think um, if you look at if you look at the rest of Europe, the rest of Europe, the the leagues are not that strong. Um, And I think that the individual teams are suffering from COVID, man. They're all suffering from COVID, apart from the Premier League. And I think the individual teams are not that strong. Um, I will back us against any Italian team personally. Um, yeah. I think every German team, bar Bayern, um, I think we'd be competitive against. And, you know, you might be able to do a, t- a thing against Bayern, you know. They lost to Villarreal. Um, we beat Benfica. They gave Liverpool a decent game. Um, you know, I think what, what other leagues are there? I know, fair. but then we say that, but then look who we've lost to in the in the Europa League, like teams like Olympiacos, Villarreal. I hear it. I hear it, but, <laughs> but it's a different team. Like, I know it's a different, yeah, it's a different, team. different team. We had less quality as well, so yeah. You know, I, I definitely. I, I, I can't lie. Yeah, go 
sorry, I don't know how we're getting robbed into this question, you know. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna will that question on the timeline. Right. So you're gonna talk about Champions League. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, listen. I already <laughs> said we got qualify it's first. It's an if, yeah, I mean, it's an if. It can be anything. It can be anything. If yeah, this is all predicated on qualifications. Yeah, so I I don't know. I just I just think we we can be competitive, and it also comes down to you know how how well we do this summer, man. Um, We've seen a couple good signings in the right areas, and for me, we we can sign thirty more goals next season. Across across the players that we that we bring in, if not more, you know, if you bring in two strikers and a, and a winger to replace the guys who have gone out, so you know, Lacazette, he's given us four goals this season. Eddie's given us two so far. Um, Pepe's given us one in the league. What's that in Ober, total? Ober's got what four as well. Ober's got four in the league. So what's that in total? Eleven goals. Mm. Yeah. If we bring in two strikers and a winger. Up that level of productivity, plus you know you get potentially higher numbers from from Saka, from Martinelli, Odegaard, um, Smith Rowe, as well. Um, I also think, that I think, left centre midfielder. Yeah, the left centre mid as well. Do you know what I mean? So I think I think there's levels. There's definitely levels for this team to. Yeah, I heard I see something like Fabinho scored, uh, scored eight goals this season. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. So I don't even remember Fabinho scoring, but no, you know, that, that, it's that's, that's yeah, go on. I, it's I, important I just, though, it's yeah. important to get goals from midfield because if your strikers aren't scoring, then you need you need people just to pop up with goals, like like we got on the weekend with Gabriel and Holden. It's it takes the pressure off, man. If if you've got goals everywhere, that Liverpool team they they score a hundred goals a season, but it's not just from it's not a hundred goals from Salah. You know what I mean? There's there's goals all over the place. Mm. And I think I think as well, like it's so key. Like Xhaka has been playing left centre mid for us for what half the season, and he scored his first goal against United um, the other day. Banger, quality goal. But would, would, would you guys keep Xhaka around? Yeah. If uh, let me let me give you a scenario. Let me give you a scenario. Summer comes, Roma come knocking again. Mr. Mourinho, they want him, right? They offer 10 million. Take it or leave it. Leave it. What are you doing? Leave it. Yeah, I don't I don't you know, I think he, he's he's shown this season that he, he's he, he's uh, he's very much part of that dressing room, he's part, very much part of that leadership group. It has to be a it has to be an offer above above twenty for for us to really consider it. Um, that ten million shit ain't flying, man. I can't, mm. you know, makes no sense. I, yeah. it, the cost of replacing him, and then you it's might replace him someone who who's not even as even you know whether you rate him or not might not even be his level, you know. So. If Lokongo is better, I think we would all do it in a heartbeat. But yeah, but he he, he ain't he's not, so. Yeah. And I think I think yeah. as well. I think as well, if you think if you think about the yeah, if you think about the level that Jack has actually shown this season, it has been very high um, in a number of games. Um, so it's not just a case of oh yeah, um, he's 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 mid, right? I think he's performed to a very very good level. He's played very well this season. This this season, a very very good level. Um, by you know a couple of odd odd moments, red cards and and, and penalties, and whatnot. Um, I think he's he's been very very good. So you know, if you're talking about, there's I think there's very few midfielders that I'd be 
right now that I'd be happy to take to replace Xhaka. Um, and the ones that I would be happy to take, they're going to cost upwards of, you know, 30, 40, 50 million pounds. So, you know, I think um, he has to stay for me. Um, and then we have to add to the quality so that, you know, we can rotate him out, um, rotate Partey out. And the level doesn't drop as drastically as um, as it does with with Lusungu because I think you know if if you look at some of our best performances this season, um, Jack has been been right at the heart of it, man. Obviously with Partey as well, um, Erdegaard and other contributors, but you know especially with Partey being out, um, he's really risen it and he's been one of our better performers. So I don't think you can accept something like ten mil for someone who's given you the level of performance that he has, that just doesn't make sense to me. So, yeah. And I also believe in, in, in some, so you've built, you've built some foundation or you've built some stones of, of this house. You can't remove some of them um, without adding significant quality that is, you know, proven. So I've, I believe in continuity. So you have certain pieces in this, in this now that um you need to transition them out. You can't just, you know, flog them out and say, I, right, Jacques are gone. I'm going to get in next fancy name um it has to be someone very very good and i say fancy name you know i don't know i'm not even going to say the tisha menis of the world because he looks like a really 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 good player like he looks above you know so we're looking at you know names where you like you're not even sure if they're going to come in and do a thing like someone like telemans people would say oh yeah i'll take him definitely and he comes in is he going to do what jacka does is he going to be better i don't know i'm just not you know i'm not sure about that so i think it'd be an upgrade on jacka yeah, see, I'm not sure. I don't. I actually, I genuinely don't know. I think, I think Tillemans would be. I think Ruben Neves would be. I think just because with, of their with Neves, I'm more convinced. With with Tillemans, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think offensively, sure, he has definitely more facets to his game than um than Jacka. He's both footed. He can shoot. Um, he's very good technically. His passing is good of both feet as well. But then the other way, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not 100. You know, I'm not a hundred. I think, I think some of the things that Jacka does is very, is very, very disciplined, and um, I think not many players have this type of discipline and you know um, consistency in their passing, and um, you know that allows us for a lot of time controlling certain parts um, of or certain phases. Um, so I think maybe Tillemans has it. I haven't watched him extensively enough to know that. I do think Nevers has it. And I think Neves has, you know, a bit of a, the wow factor as well. And I think his passing is is, is better, you know. I, I just think his passing is... He's got some real, real quality on his passing that I really like. So I'm more convinced with Neves, but Tillemans, I'm not 100, you know. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm like, are you going to... So what would you... Would you sell Jack of a 10 million and get in Tillemans of 30? And, you know, do, do you, would you just do that, Lou? Um, I think we need to... Maybe not 10 million. Um... And no, Tielemans wouldn't be my wouldn't be my guy personally. So pro- probably not. Um, if it was a Nevers, same scenario, then yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't yeah. seen this Chua many guy. Uh, is he a realistic? Yeah. Is he a realistic? Probably not guy? realistic. But if, if I'm convinced of a player, I would do it. But I'm just some of the players we're linked with right now. I'm not that convinced. Mm. So I'd rather hold on to Jacker, even though he, you know he, he's not. He's not. He's not the next best thing, but he, he's he's proven this season and shown this season that he can play to a very high level in the system. So that that is value in itself, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think I was going to let him go anyway. So yeah, and I think I think the it's not the best way to transition 
him out um, of the team. Um, I would rather give the new centre mid a year to bed in because as we've seen with Partey, no matter how good we actually think they are, it might take them some time to to really, you know, find their feet. And if you get rid of the only other center, senior centre mid that you have, um, and this and the new guy's gonna have to play every game, if he doesn't hit the ground running, you're you're kind of in a mess. Whereas if you have someone like Shaka that you know will give you a certain level of performance, you can rotate that person in and out of the team as and when and get them used to it without the pressure. Um as well, because you know, when people are talking about the age profiles, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, um some of these guys, it might take them a couple of years to hit the level that we need. And we don't, as you said, Dan, we don't have the time to to wait, really. So, you know, um, I think if you're talking about transitioning someone like Shaka out of the team, it can't be a, a quick switch. I think it has to be a gradual process where someone else is, is, is brought in slowly. They know the role. And then when they're ready for it, they can take it without sort of chucking them into the deep end. So I think that's a, a very high-risk strategy to, I, I agree. to undertake. This, this is what, yeah, this is why I'm apprehensive of it. And this is what City have done with um, Rodri and Fernandinho, haven't they? Um, mm. They gradually have, you know, grown them or moved them into that role. And now he, he's a mainstay, you know? Yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. So, yeah, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Um, wow, 12.30. Boy, that yawn was vicious, man. God. Yeah, it's peak. Bruv, um, they had me treading water today, man, for, for 10 minutes straight. Yeah, I'm knackered, <laughs> so. I'm knackered, yeah, so. Right. So, yeah, so, um, guys. Some say, someone said that's what you do every Saturday morning anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know about that, Lewis. Lou Bob, you know. I don't know about <laughs> that, Na- Lewis. He's a nasty guy. <laughs> Lewis, we got training on Tuesday. Yeah, I need to see you there. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm unavailable. I've got, got something cooking for you. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. So I'm unavailable. I'm unavailable. <laughs> yeah, when we'll we'll wait to see the new new and improved Lou Bob, man. We'll wait to see that, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, guys, thank you all for listening. Um, it's been a Touchy Gunas podcast with. Dan, Dan and Lewis. Um, we've got Leeds on the weekend and hopefully um, we'll be back with a post-match podcast for you after another W. After another W. Um, and a Spurs loss. So, um, guys, uh, take it easy. Keep peace. Take it easy, lads. It's got to 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Network.